Welcome to the York County Economic Alliance podcast series produced by Bold Creative Media. As York County's official Chamber of Commerce and Economic Development Organization, we're here as a resource center to connect you to specialized funding, business services, advocacy programs, and events to help you and your business thrive. Hello, how's everyone doing today? This is Kevin Schreiber with the York County Economic Alliance, and we are continuing with another segment of our podcast series. And today, uh, joining us is uh, Mr. Patrick Conlon of the Conlon Group, uh, President. And Pat, how are you doing today? Thanks for taking time and coming to visit. I am doing terrific. Thanks for asking. I appreciate you coming out and spending a little bit with us. And and uh, but I, I I would love for you to explain a little bit. Tell us a little background on yourself and your company and what what type of work you guys are up to out in Central Pennsylvania. All right. the The Conlon Group's been in existence for four years, and our primary focus is to help individuals and companies get improved results through process improvement, strategic planning, management systems and leadership development. And this, we do this in order to create an environment of engaged employees that, that obtain dedicated customers and improve results. How'd you get into this line of work? It's, it, was, it just kind of happened over through the years of uh, managing companies mm-hmm. uh, and looking at where I think I could make more of a difference and my company could make more of a difference independently helping versus every day you're in the middle of it. Right. You're kind of, you're kind of in a box, and, but on the outside, you have people that can come in, take a look, help you provide assistance where you need to. It's probably so, helpful, too, because you can kind of come in with that unfiltered perspective, good and bad, you know, and see things unsanitized. Yes. And, right. you know, and sometimes be that impartial or, you know, partial uh, third party that says, no, no, you got to adjust here or adjust there. And, and I'm sure that in some cases you can even be surgical and get in and get out too. Primarily. Um, some comp- We have a few customers that, that are steady, full-time work, you know, consistent, and others that are new that, that need a little help and, and that's what they need and that's what we provide in the all different areas. And our, our topic today that we really wanted to focus on and, and try to help, you know, uh, give some different perspective on to, to those that may be listening is really the difference between development and training. And, you know, sometimes I'll bet those words can be interchanged and, and conflated, and the, but the two are different. And you want to speak a little bit about, you know, how you see the differences and the definitions of development versus training? Yeah, one of the... The reason you look at sending someone to training is you're looking for an improved result somewhere, Mm -hmm. either with an individual or with a group of individuals in your company. And training is the the process of teaching someone a skill. Development is taking that skill along with other sets of skills that they have and helping them to utilize more of those skills and more effectively. And depending on who you read, Humans use about, or people use about three to twenty-five percent of their skill sets. And one of the one of the examples that I always use is, and I know it's a podcast and you can't see it, but you draw a square 
and you divide it and put three horizontal, three vertical lines, and you and you create you know a picture of sixteen squares. And you ask them how many squares are in this. Hmm. And normally people answer sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. When the, when the real reason, real answer is forty six. And what that does is that illustrates kind of the box that that we've put ourselves in. In that, you know, say, you know, a person that's managing a territory, managing a, a department, managing a business, where they're only using 25% of their skill sets to be able, you know, and what we try to do is help them utilize more of that skill set through development. How about it? I mean, that's got to be, I'm sure that's an interesting challenge for you at some, at some points. Well, what we, there's three factors we address in that. And it's almost like an equation. You're looking for an improved result. In order to get an improved result, you have to have a positive behavioral change. Mm-hmm. So in order to get a positive behavioral change, you need, to, you need to take a look at attitudes. You need to take a look at skill sets and development skill sets. You need, to, you need to set goals and have plans in place to create that positive behavioral change that will lead to improved results. And I imagine, as you mentioned, attitudes, that that's really a driving factor in how you can tap into that person's uh, potential and that person's skill set. Yes, and attitudes, and one of the, I guess with attitudes, you, we first need to understand what they are. Attitudes are not opinions or feelings. Opinions and feelings change from day to day, week to week, month to month, where an attitude is more set in place and doesn't change as easily. It's really a habit of thought, hmm. and it's a habit of thought that repeats over and over again. And I'd like to tell you that attitudes are... There's a stimulus, there's a thought, and a reaction. And it isn't. It's a stimulus and a, and a response. Right, right. An example, Kevin, say you're, you're driving along on a nice sunny Saturday morning, no stress, you're heading somewhere, you're in the right, right lane, you're going right, I'm fi- with you, feeling it. Going 50. In a good place right now. Yeah, going 50 <laughs> miles an hour, and you know, you're not pushing the speed limit, you come around the corner, and there's a police officer with a radar on I have it. an attitude, yep. <laughs> what, happens, what happens to your right foot? Pump the brakes. Immediately. Yep. No thought, no anything. You, right. are, you already know you're not going yep. that fast. It's knee jerk, yeah. So it's the attitudes that hmm. you've developed over the years about being pulled over and the embarrassment of it, um, people gawking at you, your neighbors, you're going to tell the story. So <clears throat> what I'm trying to convey is that there's a link between how you think and how you behave. It's almost our conditioned responses, right? So is it sort very, of... Very much that would be. It's very conditioned. It's a stimulus and it's a response. Yeah. And what we try to do in a development program is look at how do, how do we address those behaviors and how do we address those attitudes that are holding you back from performing at a higher level? I mean, you're talking about a heady <clears throat> task in front of you to change attitudes. I would imagine that is quite... I mean, assuming it's surmountable, how do you really go about addressing that? Well, you know, again, you know, we have to take, make people understand about the negative conditioning that right. they go through. So they go through early negative conditioning. Wouldn't you agree, Kevin, that the first few words that you hear or that you learn or, or your child learns as a, as a youngster is mommy, daddy, no. Yeah, right. And so, no, don't do this, don't touch this, don't do whatever it is. So there's a lot of early negative conditioning, which manifests itself as we get older into 
what happened? I can't do that. I might fail. What happens if I can't mm-hmm. do that? And wouldn't you agree that people have more negative attitudes towards uh, and than sure. positive? Sure, sure. <clears throat> Couple examples. We just let's have a little fun with this. Yeah. Maybe you can finish this, Kevin. Okay. I'll mention a few it's things. Be fun. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it may just finish. First thing that comes to your mind. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't talk to strangers. Don't go where naked. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You there you go. That's good. <laughs> now, can 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 you mention a positive statement that you learned as a child? That's a honest. That's a great question. I hope my parents aren't listening. Well, I'm sure, but and that's, right. that's a normal but, response. But, but there were positives. It just wasn't reinforced it, it, often enough. You're right. That for you to hear. So basically, we have about 28 percent positive attitudes mm-hmm. and 72 percent negative attitudes. And what we try to do is, is work with the individual, change those attitudes. That's amazing. That really is fascinating. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like it's all that difficult. It's just, is this a society thing? And is this specific to Americans or is, do you see this, you know, is this across the, the globe? This is across the globe. And, and there's three ways that, that at, would you agree that attitudes are developed from our conversation? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So if they're developed, they develop for everybody around the globe. And they can also be affected by groupthink, I would imagine too, that, yes. that if you have an office setting that, that tends to breed negative attitudes that it, you know, you can, you could probably change it, um, but it's going to be harder if that's the culture. Very much so. So there's three ways that in development that attitudes um, change. Impact, discovery, and spaced repetition. Hmm. And I'll give you an example of, of each of those. So an impact would be I have a heart attack. Okay, life changing. Right. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking I got to spend more time with my family and my friends. You know, I need to start going for walks, appreciating life a little bit, get a good feel. You know, start start doing hobbies that I want. And mm-hmm. you know, you go through and change your life. The second way is discovery. And discovery example of discovery is. I go and I listen to a very powerful speaker. Mm-hmm. And then, I'm, while I'm sitting in there, I'm like, wow, this person is speaking to me and speaking about my life. And, you know, I need to go change these things. And you leave there, lots of gusto, and you, you go and you make these changes in your attitude, and all of a sudden your personal life is better, your children, children's grades seem to be getting better, and a dog doesn't have fleas anymore. All of their listeners for this podcast yeah. are going through that right now, <laughs> experiencing it. So, and, 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 and I sure hope so. But that only amounts to about 5% of the time an, that an attitude will change. And the reason is, is because there isn't support to it. So if you listen to, say, this podcast today, this time tomorrow, you're only going to remember 50% of it. Right. This time in two days, you're only going to remember 25%. This time in 16 weeks, you'll remember 2% of it. So if you don't have, you don't have the support to keep those going because after a few days, you forgot what you were supposed to be doing and why you were doing it and going on. And that brings you to the third way of changing attitude is through spaced repetition. Space repetition is actually how people learn. It's actually how adults learn. Mm-hmm. And if you were to read something each day for six days in a row, you would remember 62% of it. 
and 62% of it for 15 years to life. Wow. So let's have let's have another let's have some fun again. All right. Okay. So I ask you quick and just right off the top okay. of your head. What's two times two? Four. Five times five? Twenty-five. Ten times ten? Hundred. Fourteen times seventeen. That's where I fall off. And you know, that's where everybody falls <laughs> because off. Because of the multiplication tables, because, right? Because the way we were taught was we, we went through the spaced repetition with the 10 by 10, 12 by 12 timetables. Every day we went through right. those and we learned them and we called it memorizing. But, but when I was asking a question, it was stimulus response, right. stimulus response. Maybe here's another one you might, re- might remember. You're in good hands with... Allstate? Yep, that's okay. it. All right. There you go. All right. <laughs> that was a little slower. You <laughs> yeah. had to think about I just it. Just had to make sure. But, but you never but even read right. that. You probably you just, by osmosis, it They've came into your mind. They've done a heck of a mind. job on yeah. their brand and slogans. Yes. Right. So, um, so what we do then is, what I'm trying to convey is attitudes are you stimulated. You can adjust it. Right. They're stimulated that they're not conscious. Mm-hmm. So when that particular situation come up or a particular task comes up in your life, which each of us has, you know, that's the, there's that task where, you know what, that's the last thing you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And it sits there, and that's that's that has just been conditioned that way, and that's the attitude. So now you can start to see why people learn something once only can use possibly only up to 25% of that skill set that they just learned. And right. then, so that's one of the big differences between development and training. So uh, just a quick question, you know, does that then really translate to the outlook of an individual as well? I mean, are we conditioned to be optimist or pessimist? Um, I don't know the answer to that offhand. I would imagine yes, but... Early on, yes. Okay. You know, as we went through, I think, you know, in the first five years of your life, you, you go through that negative conditioning, and it's all done in good good intentions trying to keep you safe and you know how to how to behave and navigate through mm-hmm. the world but it generates into that negative so in the development program what you do is you take that box that has 28% positive mm-hmm. attitudes and 72% negative attitudes and you extend it and you have that white space in the positive development you're looking at creating more positive attitudes in there. So you're trying to understand when you go through a development program, which attitudes are holding me back, which ones are not allowing me to contribute. So in, in, a, in a development program, it allows people to ask themselves, what's right. in it for me? Right, gotcha. So it's very and introspective to some degree. Very much so. I'd imagine that the outcomes, when you are able to move the needle a little bit, on the positive side, probably become exponential over time too through that repetition. So uh, I, you know, yes. as you start to chip away at it, you know, particularly in an office setting where there's multiple parties, maybe it becomes exponential. I don't know. I'm just assuming that you can probably, when you start to see it, it'll it'll take shape and it'll kind of replicate. And I think you'd see it if you if you did like a department yeah. that went through developmental training gotcha. and went through development. You know, the group think could help positively, yes, positively right, right. as well. And right. you think that's exactly what you would see. Right. Yeah. So then let's kind of, so to the second piece of it, you know, you're, so you, you adjust the attitudes and you really get into the, the introspective part. Where do skills play into to all of this too in, in the work setting? What we, what we like to look at is you have interpersonal skills that 
we see that, that hold people back from being able to implement or accomplish more that they can. And if you were to draw a graph and you had on the right-hand side technical and on the left-hand side personal skills. So as an individual, like you just first get out of college or you first get out of high school, generally, unless you're in sales, you put in a position, you're like, here, this is what we'd like you to do, and this is what you do, and you know, 90% of it is technical, and you have like 10% interpersonal that you do. And as you start to perform in this position, people start to notice, they, they start to, they like your performance, they, they, they think you have some promise, and then they start thinking about what more could this person do. So as you are paid to get more done through other people for a company, you can go right up the scale and the graph curves and, and you go from, say, a, from an individual contributor to a manager. Now the skill sets required are you have 50% interpersonal and 50% technical. And a, and a prime example of this would be you have Jenny. Jenny does a great job. She's been doing it. She's been here for quite a while. We like her. She, she has a lot of initiative. Don't have to tell her what to do. And you have an opening. And so you go through the interview process, and Jenny's part of it. And lo and behold, you know, people like to promote from within, and they're like, you know, Jenny's going to be the one. So you bring Jenny in Friday. Say, Jenny, we decided, you know, we're going with you for the position. So come Monday, you're going to be the manager. Everybody's, yay, they go home happy. She goes out to dinner mm -hmm. with the person she likes the best, and, and everything's grand. Come Monday, now all of a sudden, <clears throat> there's a 40% increase in personal and people skills that are required over what was she was doing on Friday. Hmm. So what prepared her right. to start to use those skills? Right. And where'd she learn that in a matter of three days? So a development program helps people get prepared for that because you can take a skill that you just went and learned, say if you went to training, mm -hmm. you can bring it in as you go through and you start to learn the, 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 what interpersonal skills are working for you, which ones aren't, then you can utilize that skill more effectively and more often. So as part of the development process that you would go through in, in any company, you know, you're working with Jenny, is it to identify what are those natural skills that she has? that make her excel, or is it to also tap into those that maybe are reserved and she doesn't, or is it, you know, kind of completely it, educating and, and, and bringing something new to bear? It is a little bit of what do you think you do well? Yeah. And what do you think you don't? But it's also providing a set of developable skills mm -hmm. to someone. They say, here's a set of skills, interpersonal skills, and they work with it, and they're working with it on a repetitive basis going through. So you never leave the spaced right. repetition so that they can try those skills and learn them as they go through a development program. So as you're going on that development program, where do goals fit in? And uh, how do you really start to match goals with skills, with attitudes? People are goal-oriented anyways. Right. We all are. Right. And an example is... You want you need you need groceries. You go home, the cupboard's bare. So what's the first thing you do? You you write a list. Mm -hmm. And someone, some people like my wife, she'll write the list into the into different categories on how she's going to go through the store and get and 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 get get the food. So you already start to develop a plan. 
you, you grab up your cell phone and keys, you get in the car, you know what road you're going on, you get the story, you get the story, you drive, you know how you're going through it, whether you're going to go to the cashier or self-checkout, you put it in, you take it home, put them in the cupboard and refrigerator, goal accomplished. We yep. do it every day, all the time. What we look at are, we like to think of, of goals, setting goals as understanding your professional life and your personal life and that they are interacting and they're actually two gears. And so when you, you know, an engine, you have two gears, all the teeth are nice, they're even, they mesh together perfectly. There's hardly any sound when they're all right and, and you're propelling ahead. So if you take a look at your professional life and you, and you divide it up into pie, like mm -hmm. slices of right. pies, okay? And you look at, okay, my people skills, my functional skills, my time management, my productivity. And in the middle, and so you start to rate it. And in the center of that gear is zero, the outside is 100. So you go through and you, and you, and you mark up how content you are with where you are in each of those pies. And then you take a look at your personal life. And your personal life is, is split up in a different area, social, family, ethical, financial, mental health. And you do the same thing. How content are you? And when you look at the two gears, they're no longer perfect. They don't mesh. Matter of fact, there might be a couple teeth missing. Yeah, yeah right, there. right. And so, it, it, so you're really not propelling forward like you would like to be. So that's part of your goal setting in those areas where you'll take the attitudes that are working for you and the ones that aren't, and you're developing those with the skills that you're developing, the ones you want to, forcing them to, to work on the goals that you're setting in both your personal and professional life and putting plans together and implementing them. By doing this, you have a behavioral, a positive behavioral change, which will lead to positive results. What I'm trying to convey is that if an individual becomes more, more proficient at what they do for a company, then the company becomes more, you know, is able to perform better. They're mm -hmm. able to become more profitable. They're able to share some of that profit with you, some raises, opportunities, promotions. You take that money that's in your professional life and you put it in your personal life to do to get the things that you're looking for in your financial. Like, you, I want a car, I want a home, I want retirement, family life, I want to go on vacation, I want to join a gym because I need to start getting better. Then as you're more content and get satisfied in your personal life, this helps with the commitment back into your professional and it just kind of propels itself. So it really is kind of a rising tide mentality. Um, where if, you know, if the person is doing well, the organization does well, we all do well. So on a practical perspective, with some of the companies that you've worked with, um, I mean, have you seen, this is a pretty rewarding field that you're in, I'd imagine, because when you yes. see it work, you can go home and say, man, that really is working. It's ticking. It took, took a while maybe, but we, we're starting to move the needle. Um, have you gone into places that are just absolutely backwards and you really had to rebuild it from, from ground zero? There are some cultural issues, and that's more of the culture, which, which again, I would say defines, you know, the personalities within. Mm -hmm. And to understand personalities, they are – a personality is, is really just an outward expression of attitudes. Mm -hmm. So at that point, that's when you start to work with the, when you start with the program, you start down at the basics 
and you work through that and you work with individual or you work with with, with um, senior teams. Yep, right. And, you know, the senior teams, because the first three levels in a company really make an impact in the business. They determine the, out, I imagine the, the outcome of the, of the company. You probably have to have yeah. buy-in to some degree across the board. I mean, is it, is it possible to do this where you, if you have those that are not embracing it? You do have people that don't embrace it. Mm-hmm. That don't, you know, you get in what you, you get out what you put into it. But again, this is, the programs are not, you know, a, a development program is not a dictation right. on where you're going. It's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. And it's a work in progress of you, your company, and your team. It really is. So, fasc- this is fascinating, yeah. too. Um, and I imagine you probably, uh, forgive me, this this might be ignorant, but do you get called into a lot of companies that might say, oh, we got training programs, we got training programs, we have professional development that might send them to a conference or something like that. But do you often find that, well, you do, and those are good and you need them, but you know, how much are you doing to develop the, the, the whole person, so to speak? And usually... Is when, it a tough sell? No, I, I, don't, I don't think it is, because I think that most people right away, when you ask them, okay... This, how much of that did you did that person ever use? Yeah. When you said right. that, what'd you, what, what, what were the outcomes? What was the outcome of sending right. that person to the training? And you do, and a lot of them are very expensive. Yeah. You know, it's $3,000 for a couple of days sometimes. Yep. Um, what did they get out of it and what are they using now? Have you seen any, any behavioral change in that individual? And most of the time, they're not seeing a lot. And so that's when you go into, okay, this is a program that we need to do through development, be able to see a change in an individual. You know? When people go to learn, there's a, there's a say like lean. Yeah, they right. Want, they sure. want to implement lean. So they go, you send someone to get a lean, and they come back, and you know, how much of this do they really use when they come back? If there's not a program in place... Or development program to get the, to get the the organization start to use it again, and you know continuous improvement is something that's tossed around frequently. But is this part of development too? Is it constantly striving for that perpetual improvement? Yes, it should never it should never uh, stop. It should be lifetime okay. learning, continual continuous Fre- improvement. Frequently, I'll get quite or often I'll get questions from people. What you know, they want more money. Well, you know, when you ask them, what do you yeah, want? Right. You know, what's important to you? Well, I want more money. Okay, what do I need to do to get there? So I always ask them, well, what are you doing today to make yourself more valuable to your company in six months? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's nothing or very little. And then the next, the, the yeah. obvious question then comes after is, well, why aren't you? Right. And so that's kind of an attitude. So, and, and the attitudes are developed, the, the, and, and they affect skill development, and they, they affect where you are. So if you, look, if, if you look at, say, an ideal leader, Kevin, so, mm-hmm. okay, so we've all had very good leaders in our life, and there's one in particular stands out. And so, Kevin, like, so you have probably someone in your mind that you're thinking of. Mm-hmm. Can you name like four or five characteristics of them? Sure. Um, I mean, obviously, they, they lead by example, um, good I- inspirational, uh, integrity, um, you know, a- a- educated, or, yeah. you know, they can put the whole piece together. Right. Were they born with those characteristics or were they developed? Likely developed. Okay. And so, the, right. 
do you think attitude had an impact on those Absolutely. development of those skills? Unquestionably. All right. Couldn't, so who owns that person's attitude? I guess they do. They do. Yeah. And that's the first thing is, is you try to get people to understand it. You own your right. own attitude. Right. You know, it's, and so you were conveying a, yeah. a company that had a negative attitude, okay, or a group within a company. Well, they own their own attitudes, and that's what you try to get them to do. That's the first step. Yes, I own my own attitude. I'm responsible for this. So um, that's that's where we start. So, you know, kind of pulling it all together, that if they own their own attitude, and they can really chart their own destiny, so to speak, too. So it can really be done, and it can be changed, and you can course correct. And I can see why development is a whole lot different and, and much more holistic and comprehensive than just simply training. Uh, is is this tied into, you know, would you say servant leadership is, is similar? Uh, or is that more, you know, picking one, you know, kind of characteristics of, of supervision or leadership? I would say that that picks the characteristics of, um, of a leadership. Another example would be take 15, you have 15 of your members, mm -hmm. take their vice presidents, and you ask them to do the exact same question I asked you, name the characteristics. What you're going to find is it's all over the board. You right. Know? And you're going to have one that was a servant leader yep. in that's right. particular. You're going to have one that was a very hard charger and very demanding and very hands-on. And, you know, and what, what you'll find when you do this is that there's only three things that that you'll find in a, in a successful leader across all those characteristics. You'll find that they have a vision. Mm -hmm. You'll find that they're able to get people to follow their vision, and you'll find they get results. Mm. And that is the common thread against all, ideal leaders all across the board. So there is no. At one time, we used to learn this is these are the characteristics of an ideal leader, and they right. actually educated on that before, and they've gotten away from that because I'm sure that Bill Gates and Steve Jobs were completely different characteristics in their leaders, and just how strong they are, as Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump are different, right? Right. So, certainly. Yeah. I, well, that's incredible. I, I, that's fascinating. I really do appreciate the work that you're doing and, and the time that you've taken today to, to meet with us and, and talk a little bit more about it. Because um, clearly it, it, it has a role throughout our companies, throughout our you know community, but really throughout society. It really does. Yes. Um, that's interesting. Well, Pat Conlin, I, you know, I thank you very much for taking some time today and, and talk about uh, development versus training, but really, you know, what you're doing across the community to instill this type of leadership is certainly impressive, and I know it's, it, it will pay dividends in our own, our own community. So, but what we didn't tell you is that I'll hit you with your own lightning round at the end. You've been throwing enough examples and <laughs> questions at me. I'm going to throw some at you right now. Okay. So I'm going to hit you, with, hit you with a lightning round of which uh, we clearly did not say. And some of these might have even been shaped from, uh, <clears throat> from, from your discussion today. So, all right, quick, quick rapid fire. Um, what's your guilty pleasure food? Steak. All right, good one. If you could spend, if who would you have a beer with of these three? Uh, Steve Jobs, assuming he was still with us, Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerberg? Steve Jobs. All right. Um, what is the song of choice in the shower that you'll sing out loud when no one's listening? Oh wow! This always stumps people. Or in the car. 
Um, you know, I, I guess one is a is an old uh, country rock song. Can't you see? Would you like to sing it now? You're, no, you're looking I would like not. you're in the recording studio. <laughs> you got the headphones on. Uh, you're flipping channels on TV, and your favorite movie comes on that you always make make you stop. What is it? Tombstone. Ah, oh, that's a great movie. I'm your Huckleberry. Um, and let's see. Uh, have you yourself <laughs> hit self actualization on Maslow's hierarchy? No. And what's your favorite piece of pie? Apple. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. Pat Conlin of the Conlin Group, thank you so much for, for taking time today. Hey, thanks for having me, Kevin. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this edition of the YCEA podcast series produced by Bold Creative Media. For more information, visit us on our website at www.ycea-pa.org or call us anytime and talk to one of our experienced staff members at 717-848-4000. And always remember to start here.